Wrong button. Intro. Play. Welcome to Breaking Free Speech, the official Breaking Free Skate Park podcast. <clears throat> it's probably like one of very few skate park podcasts. I could probably say it's like the best skate park podcast, right? We're here in the studio. Got my Bills mug. Let's go, Bills. Um, <laughs> today we're going to talk a little bit about <clears throat> insurance, which we've talked about in the past. Insurance stuff is just oh, so frustrating. It is just one of those things you just have to deal with. And it pains me, but you know, you got to pay to play. So I'm going to explain to you what has just happened over the last couple of weeks with renewing my general liability insurance. General liability insurance is essentially, uh, it covers all your general liabilities. Like, if something were to happen, liability is essentially fault. So if something were to happen, it, it, I'm it insured from it being my fault, right? That's what the waiver is for and all that fun stuff. Now, the, the ridiculous thing about insurance is that you just you just you legally have to have it, and they get to say what and do whatever they want, and you're and you're just su- subject to it. You just that's it. There's nothing you do about it. So if they were to just come in and say, you know what, um. It costs twice as much. There's nothing I can do except for shop around to other insurances. And uh, the other thing that's amazing about them is there's no, um, not like car insurance where you could like uh, cut off your plan and then get your money back or not pay going forward or you can adjust it during the year. It doesn't work like that. If I pay my insurance up front in November and then in February they drop me, I can't get those seven, eight months of policy I paid for back. It's just I paid it and that's it and there's no getting it back. It's it's really pretty... It sucks. <laughs> so, and then, and then on top of that, like your general liability, you think it'd cover you for everything, but it doesn't. Because on top of general liability, I have to have uh, fire and theft coverage. I need to have accident coverage, which the general liability is supposed to cover accidents, but... I, because it, it's considered high risk, I have an accident coverage on top of my general liability coverage. Then I have fire and theft coverage. Then now I have to have this like uh, assembly hold harmless policy. And then I have workman's comp disability insurance, workman's comp insurance and disability insurance. So there's like seven insurances. <clears throat> right? What a mouthful. I want to tell you what happened this year with our insurance. Uh, it cost me a lot more money. I'm going to give you rough numbers, and I'm also going to intentionally skew the numbers because I don't really want to tell you exactly what it costs to do it. But anyway, we were paying, the skate park was paying a very reasonable general liability insurance premium, which is the premium is how much you have to pay for the policy. Part of that is because we got our insurance to be a continuation of RASP's insurance policy because it was the same customer base, the same location, Mostly the same ramps. We said there was the same management. It's just a different, you know, company. And that's not really supposed to happen because it's not the same company. But we got it to work. So when I opened, Breaking Free Skate Park had six years of history behind it. So with something that insurance companies view as high risk, when you can prove six years of no incidences, it makes it look a lot less risky. So it helps keep your rate down. Okay. So I had this new... Uh, no, no, sorry. 
I've had this insurance since I opened, so this would be our third year. Last year when we renewed, they said, hey, guess what? Next year, we're not renewing you because just as a company, we're no longer writing skate park policies. They said, it's not you, it's me. So that's how they broke up with me. So, so I was like, okay, okay, you know, it, I didn't do anything wrong. There was no claims on our policy. It was just like, hey, next year, we're just not going to do it. Fine. All right. So I was mentally preparing. I knew I was going to get a price increase because there's no way. My, I, had, I was getting a great price for my general liability insurance. And just to give you a close but somewhat skewed number, just so we could, and even flat so we could do some math here, let's just say my general liability was $8,000. Okay? 8000 And just to put that into perspective, there's also accident coverage, fire and death, all, all the other insurances. So collectively, you know, this, this is the biggest one of all of them, but it's just one of multiple insurances, right? So they come back. We've been shopping for insurances since like August, September, October, three months. Uh, some of the rates we got back, the, the estimates we got, $35,000, get the heck out of here. 16000 not so good. 11000 not so good. 12000 okay, whatever. Um, and then basically, you know, we couldn't get anything lower than about 12000 11000 in that range, give or take, because they're going to give you a quote, then they look at your stuff closer, then they're going to adjust it. It's a real pain in the butt. So anyway, we'll just say it was 12000 So I'm going to go from 8 to twelve. It's a 50% increase in my insurance premium. Oh, my God. Wow. Ouch. Okay. Then they tell me, wait a minute. Hold on. You build bikes and scooters? I'm like, well, yeah, it's, it's a freaking skate park. What do you think we do? Well, that's a problem. Do you have a secondary policy for that? Why would I have a policy for that? Well, you don't have an insurance between you and every single company you buy bikes or scooters from? No, that's ridiculous. Why would I have, you know, I deal with like 14 different companies. Well, you need that. If you want this $12,000 policy, we can't give it to you unless you have this insurance on your, the fact that you assemble bikes. It's like, well, so it's general liability, but it doesn't cover fire. It doesn't cover theft. It doesn't cover the fact that we assemble bikes. It doesn't cover the fact that we maintain and repair bikes. It doesn't cover the fact that there might be accidents. It's like, so what, what is, it's, it basically covers you if you slip and fall on like, we're like mopping the floor. Clark's mopping the floor. Oops, someone fell. Oops. Okay, whatever. I digress. So I say, all right, so what, what's this insurance I need on assembly stuff? It's like manufacturing insurance. I'm not a manufacturer. Okay, whatever, fine. What do I have to do? Okay, well, the underwriter, they want to know um, how much revenue you take in on things you build or maintain or repair. And they want to know how much of your payroll accounts to that. What percentage of the dollars we pay out to employees accounts for time spent fixing or building scooters? Really? So I go into my database. I collect all this data. You know, I like data. And just to, let's see. Let's do it. Let's do it last year. So I send them a spreadsheet. I did it for the last three years. So this is how it breaks down. This is pretty cool. I think this will be interesting. Uh, in 2018, we sold 17 kink bikes. All right, so we built and sold 17 kink bikes. The retail value of that came out to be about $6,600. Now remember, we talked about this earlier on, the profit margin, the margin on the markup of the 
bikes we sell is less is 40% or less. So if we took $6,000 in selling bikes, it means we probably paid over probably about 4,000 to buy it. So we made about, you know, 2200 something like that, right? Give or take. Assuming that, you know, some of those bikes are oh, it's it's a model year older now, so it's 10% off. So like there's give and take on all that, right? Okay. Then uh, last year we assembled and sold 40 scooters, right? Scooters a little bit cheaper, but we sold more than double. That came out to be about, we'll just round it, we'll say about 9,000, right? Okay, so what's that come out to be? Uh, also labor. Okay, so we had only 87 instances when we charged labor or repair, uh, which came out to be about $660, okay? Total comes out to be six, about $16,000, which is not a lot given the overall, you know, what, what the skate park does overall and the fact that, you know, my rent is $8,000, right? <clears throat> All right, let's, well, what's that? How am I supposed to figure out what that costs me in payroll? Okay, that sounds kind of confusing. All right, so let's say, say it builds half, takes about half hour to build a bike, 17 bikes, so that's eight hours, 30 minutes, 40 scooters. A scooter's easy to build. It's like five minutes. Okay, eight, 40 scooters, five minutes, we'll say, about three hours, 20 minutes. Your your average labor at repair, I said, about well, five minutes, give or take. You know, sometimes grips take about three minutes, other things take longer. All right. So that comes out to be 87 labor events in five minutes, seven hours, 15 minutes, right? So that comes out to be, over the course of a year, based on these numbers, we spent, and by we, I mean probably me, 19 hours, 19 hours, working on equipment. Now, here's the funny thing. They want to know how much payroll goes into building equipment. Well, that's kind of relative to how much time it actually takes to build it. Like, I could build a bike in 30 minutes because I've built literally hundreds of bikes. I've done it for over a decade. But also, what the hourly wage pays into it. So, can I just say, well, we, put nine, we spent 19 hours building stuff, and we'll just say a minimum wage, $11.10. But what if, what if I paid myself $20, hour, $20 an hour? Well, then that's going to cost almost double. I will get insured, I'll have to pay more money on more insurance if I pay my employees more to do the same task of building the bike, which, doesn't that sound weird? That's the way it goes, I guess. But, you know, to go back to numbers, I used $15 an hour because I think it's a, a nice, even number. Uh, so 19 hours, $15 an hour comes out to be 286 gross pay. Gross pay is the pay before all the taxes and everything. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's two, uh, yeah, let's just say, make it, let's just round it off. Let's just say it comes out to be 250. So they want to insure me for $16 in sales and $250 of payroll. That's not really a whole lot to insure. What do they want? What do they want for that? $1,000. They want $1,000. I had to pay $1,000 to insure $300 worth of labor and $16,000 in retail, which is probably more like with the profit margin adjusted, we'll say it's about maybe $8,000 in profit. So I'm paying, they want me to pay like, what's it come out to be? 15, 14, 13%? 13% of what I would make in that particular realm, I now have to pay $1,000 in. So it basically lowers our overall profit margin on all of that stuff down. When these when there are people out there and there's this narrative in the media and culture that, like, 
businesses are like crooked and like trying to reach around the back door and do all these corrupt things. It's be it well one it's because this is how it is and two it's not really the case. When you have there, you know there are bad players out there. There are are big companies that do things that are, are less than ethical. When you have a an a business structure with a hierarchy of management, the farther you are away from the person you're making a decision for, the more you abstract that human into into not a, 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 not a human essentially. Then you can make more harsh calls because they're not. You can't stand right. In, do you know how hard it is to stand stand right in front of someone who who has worked for you and you've paid and they've you know helped you and and, and you've grown together and to say, listen, you suck, and. I can't have you work here anymore. Like you're fired. Like that, that is the, it's so hard. I've never had to do that. I hope I never have to do it. It's terrible. It would give me such crazy anxiety, but whatever. There is so much red tape around running a business. It's and, and if I screw up any of these things, like I'm totally, totally effed. Like it, they can come in, like an insurance company can come in, look at my numbers, and be like, "Dude, you said thirty minutes to build a bike. Uh, you know, standard thing. We think it's an hour, so you're you're off on all your rates. So now that someone crashed a crashed on a bike and tried to sue you, and we think you falsified your numbers, we're just not going to cover you. Like the insurance can literally just say, "Nah, you didn't do it right, so we're out." Like it's it's crazy, dude. The the things I go through for you guys. No, I do it for me too. I'd be lying. I do it for everyone. You gotta pay to play, baby. Uh, and then, just some other cool facts if you want to know kind of what we do at the park. When I was doing this uh, research on here, the most common thing we did in the shop, repair wise, uh, was cut handlebars. Over forty times last year. In 2019, we cut someone's handlebars. Now we cut, we charge per cut, right? So, one, two. So some, it may be more like 30 because some of those are double up cups. But interesting. Uh, and then our second most common thing is labor minimum charge, which is which is the five dollar minimum fee, where it's like whatever, it's just five bucks. Which so that says that the majority of repairs we do, we feel bad. I feel bad enough and don't charge you uh, full price. I trued a bunch of bike wheels, did a couple flat tires, dialed a couple scooters. Um, we've only, we only charged to install grips five times last year, which is crazy because we probably sold like 200 pairs of grips, but the general rule is like, and this is what it gets weird in the insurance stuff is I, if you buy it, I don't charge you to install it. You buy the grips. I don't pay you. I don't charge you to put it in. So I probably should quote the time to do that, but I have no way of knowing how many times I do that unless I started logging that and had I not logged that in the past well then I have no way to come up with that metric to quote it into my insurance which gives another gray area that they can come after me for dude did you feel the bureaucratic walls closing in on you I do (laughs) I'm not trying to sell you guys on being libertarian or anything like that I just want you to know uh, how it works. I think it's some fascinating stuff. All those numbers are pretty cool. I will let tell you that um, 2019 year-to-date versus 2018, we have already sold more bikes than in 2018, and we've sold half as many scooters. How about that? 
So any you people that aren't scooter riders that think it's all scooter riders, I sold 40 scooters in 2018 and only 20 scooters in 2019 year to date. But Christmas is coming. So we'll see. And uh, that's about it today. Speaking of Christmas, I'm still waiting on the uh, NV Prodigy uh, uh, 8 coming out. They just did a webinar thing. I didn't watch it because why do I don't need to watch a webinar? I looked at the pictures. I go, oh, look, it's the same as last year, but now there's different colors. And the new, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this, but the new NV Prodigy uh, 8s come in like a street version and a not street version. So the same scooter would come with box ends and a T-bar versus the normal tapered rear end and the uh, shaped bar, I guess you'd call it. So I guess that's cool. As soon as those are out, I'll be getting them. And also, anytime this week, we're going to be getting those uh, those uh, Logan Fuller 6.66 wide decks coming in. I ordered them, so they're coming. That's pretty cool. Also, I recently filled out a, t- a uh, Tilt Scooters dealer app, so I'll be, we'll be getting some Tilt stuff in soon, too. So that's cool. That's cool. And uh, that'll, that'll uh, wrap it up for today. Hope that was fascinating for you. This is... I ran nearly 20 minutes, which is crazy. So I'll have to figure out a way to cut this up for IGTV. If you like the fact that we're putting this on IGTV, let me know. Let me know. And if you got you got a topic you'd like us to talk about, just comment it. Otherwise, you know the deal. Walk, talk. Walk. Walk the walk. Talk the talk. Shred the gnar. It's getting to be busy season to skate park. So let's, you know, I better see you there. I better see you shredding. Someone better send the freaking nine because I'm not. Go Bills. Things like skipping. <laughs>